I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and uh, welcome to the Liverpool Former Players Association's uh, podcast, Five Times, uh, with me, Ian St. John. And today uh, I'm with John Barnes here in Hesel and at Gusto Restaurant and uh, and we're both local boys, it's nice and handy for us. Uh, but we were also together, John, the other night there at the, the Five Times uh, dinner. We had fundraiser for the former players at Anfield, and uh, it was a good night. Yes, it always is a good night, uh, you know, because when you talk about the Liverpool family, and uh, Mark Wright was there, obviously, with now being the face of uh, the, the, the fostering um, agency, mm-hmm. uh, and he talks about a family uh, <coughs> who helped him with that. And the family extends from, obviously, not players who are playing now, but... Jamie Carragher, who's recently retired, uh, to to myself from the nineties and the eighties and the seventies, like Saint. I'm not sure how far you went back. Saint, After the, uh, the Boer, the Boer War was just finished. Yeah, I don't want to be too. Be too <laughs> and, and, and Gordon, who was there? Gordon Wallace, who I yeah. haven't seen for a while. And the thing about it is that even though and Gordon, you know, why he may not have, not of people may not know him. That's what Liverpool's all about. You know, remembering all players, not just the superstar yeah. players. So yeah, it was it was a fantastic night. Do you know Gordon Wallace? Is right enough? He, because he was. Um, he was a very good player, Gordon. Uh, but he was behind, if you like, Roger Hunt, uh, myself, Peter Thompson, Dean Callaghan. So it was very difficult for him to get a, a game, and as there was no substitutes then, there was no. It was just the team, and that was the team. Mm. Uh, so he'd get the odd game. But he has a claim to fame, which is brilliant. He scored a first ever goal in Europe. Yeah. There we go. Uh, terrific. That I think. You know, I'm, I'm so chuffed at that that it wasn't, say, Roger who scored 100 goals. Uh, that this lad ha- has got that to his name, and he scored it up in Reykjavik. Mm. Well, I mean, that happens throughout. I mean, you look at David Fairclough, his most famous goal, you know, against Saint Etienne, and David may not have been a regular at Liverpool, but, you know, when you make an impression at a club like Liverpool, the fans remember you, you know, yeah. no matter whether you've played a, hun- a thousand games, a hundred games, or, or done something significant. So, yes, it was a fantastic evening. Right. And, of course, it is. To raise money for our funds, no, it's nothing to do with the club. It's the former players' own charity funds, and uh, I think with the money John we raised the other night, it's going to a sunshine coach yeah. for the, with the variety club, which is you know always special. I play golf with the variety club, and we've been involved in this for a lot of years. Sunshine coaches, and mm. it's great when you see the kiddies being able to get out and about, whereas before they were restricted to to being in their homes, can't get out to be out and away and going to the seaside and, yeah. and the countryside and just absolutely marvellous so we'll, we've got that uh, Sunshine Coach and the name at the side is going to be the, the Hillsborough family's name on yeah. the side of the coach mm. um, so there you go that, that was brilliant uh, also the lads are going this Sunday you're, you're among them of course down to South Africa to play in a big game is it a challenge game John I mean what, what is this here you go well you, I remember we played we went in 94 <coughs> to play and we played against Kaiser Chiefs and I don't think they're necessarily recreating that game because there's a few of us um, Steve McManaman might have gone on that tour I'm sure Robbie Fowler as a young boy uh, but the Kaiser Chiefs are the biggest the biggest club in Africa so we're going to not recreate the game but play against Kaiser Chiefs in, in Durban uh, but they're taking it seriously 
Yeah. I mean, we really have to pull out all the stops. Unfortunately, we brought in some young ones, Fallon McManaman, and I think we've got Vladimir Smith and Patrick Berger to run around because <laughs> I go to South Africa every other week to do Champions League, and I can tell you, front page news, Kaiser Chiefs are in training. Yeah. If you can see them, yeah. they've got a training every day, really getting into it. So um, I think this is a game where we're going to you know, have our work cut out, but we're expecting a big crowd. There's already oh, probably 20,000 tickets sold. We're expecting maybe another 10,000 people to turn up. So while we expected to go and stay in the sunshine, and play in front of a few hundred people. Yeah. I think that we're going to have to represent <laughs> Liverpool with, with yeah. distinction. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're playing what, in Durban, not Johannesburg. Yeah, um, Durban, the KwaZulu Natal, and of course you played there, so you know yeah. you know Cape Town mm, and Durban yeah. and Joburg. And while Joburg is the capital, and you know we'll be doing some corporate social responsibility work, some charity work in Soweto, we're going to Joburg first, where we have a golf day for a couple of days, and we go down to Durban. The KwaZulu Natal um, Council, which is where Durban is, are very supportive of football. So we're uh-huh. actually playing in, if you remember, the World Cup, the stadium that looks like shark's teeth, that's a stadium in Durban. That's the stadium we're playing in, the World Cup stadium, um, because they've, they've allowed us to play there, because they're very supportive of, of, of sports generally, and we have a big, big Liverpool following there. So that's why we decided to play in Durban. Yeah, actually, we, we were a, when we saw the pre-season tour of Indonesia, I mean, it's just amazing, isn't it? That, that this football club here has spawned from, you know, what, if you like, from Bill Shankly's days, because up until that time, uh, nobody outside of Liverpool would know Liverpool. Mm-hmm. To tell you the truth, when I signed for Liverpool, I never knew, you I never knew who they were. <laughs> <laughs> And, no, I mean, and Ron says the same thing Ron Yates says the same thing and it's true this is obviously what Bill Shankly started but as you say you go to Indonesia and I do go to Southeast Asia and Liverpool we get 90,000 people regularly if Liverpool go and play and you know you get hundreds and thousands of fans coming to watch training even when we go as, as, the, as, the, as the legends if you go you know, for these Masters tournaments you get 20,000 people turning up to watch Liverpool play and, and the lads would tell you Cor Wright was out there just not so long ago you know, uh, there's Man United, Premier League All Stars, Liverpool, and Liverpool fans out, outnumber Man United fans at these events five to one because they turn out in their numbers to see to see their heroes. So yeah, we've got a huge following all over. So yeah. while we're going to South Africa, I'm sure this is not the first time we're going to be visiting um, countries far and wide. Uh-huh. Just a little plug here, John, for the website. Uh, you know, Mark Wright's new campaign is, is to attract more foster carers. Mm-hmm. As you know, the big fella has is fostered and, and his child is now. He got him at three, a girl at three years of age, now eight years old, yeah. and uh, it's wonderful. And he's gone around. Uh, in fact, he had a busy week there. He was on TV. He was uh, he was at a church, yeah. speaking to people in the church. He's doing such great work, you mm-hmm. know, to try and get people to to foster. So you can visit uh, our website and, and read about Mark Wright's new campaign. Uh, and other stories as well. In fact, why Jimmy Case <laughs> says that Ali Suzoko shouldn't play le- left wing back again. Very opinionated stuff from uh, from young uh, Jimmy Case, and who's going to argue with him? <laughs> so you can, <laughs> you, can, you can find them on uh, www.fivetimes.com. Now, John Barnes' 50th birthday today. No, I'm just waiting here. We're in the restaurant, and I'm just waiting for the, the birthday cake to come up, you know. That's uh, tonight. In, in fact, I'm back in this restaurant tonight with all my family. Because, of course, I need to up the road to the 12 of us coming in tonight. Uh, 50 seems strange because I always like being 49 because a lot of Mark Wright, Ian Mulby, Ian Rush, a lot of my contemporaries were 50 already before me. And then people saying, I can't believe you're not 50 because you've been around for such a long time. And 49 seems a million miles away from 50. And now that I'm 50, I've all of a sudden put on weight, got old, wearing glasses. <laughs> I think that this is a landmark. I mean, I really did feel young yesterday, but now at fifty, I've given up. Well, I'm dreading, <laughs> dreading looking forward to it myself. 
<laughs> well, let's just turn to, to the football and uh, last week's game. Now, the Arsenal game, you know, battle at the top of the table, what we've all been used to over the years. But it was a bit of a damp squid, wasn't it? In terms of the performance, which was surprising, because we went in there full of confidence. And, um, you know, a lot of people are saying it's a wake-up call, but it wasn't a wake-up call for me because I never really expected us to to be where we are. And and come the end of the season, I don't expect us to win the league. I expect us to be challenging, and we will be challenging. Yes, it wasn't a a great performance, but that happens. That happens. We've seen the way Arsenal played against Chelsea the week before, and although they won against Dortmund last night. So I don't think that either ourselves or Arsenal will, will win the league. But Liverpool are fine. If you look at where we are, could we would we accept this position at the start of the season? Yes. With Suarez missing for the first six games, yes. So yeah, disappointing performance, but you know, I'm not getting carried away with, with that defeat as I didn't get carried away with our great start. So Joe, you what is you don't think there's Changes, managers come in and make a lot of changes because a lot of people, I mean, Jimmy Case had said about Suzuko, who for me looks a bit uncomfortable, John. I don't know uh, what position that the, the lad will play. I mean, he's only new to the club, mm. so you've got to give him a bit of, of breathing space. But I don't, seem, I don't see anything there that you say, well, he, he is, he's a central defender, he's, he's a fullback, or, or what. I just think it, at the moment, you know, we, we've got a couple of players like him. You know, I think Sacco's the same. Mm. That haven't settled, and and and, uh, and yeah, as you said, we, we were getting good results, and we, you know, we we're a bit upset about the Arsenal uh, winning. It, I thought too easy for us, but uh, you know, do you think? I mean, young Flanagan came in, for instance. There now, was that a mistake by the manager to bring a young player in in that position with Glenn Johnson not playing, or is it a case of well, the manager's finding out about players, and he, and he's got to to play young players if, if and when he gets a chance well first of all I, I prefer Enrique to Sissoko because I think Enrique is okay I think he makes yes. his mistakes but I think he's strong he's quick and if he concentrates more and, and, and he defends properly rather than always trying to play you know when he tries to take the ball off you in the right wing position and dribble it out rather than just clearing his lines at times he can get caught but you know physically he's strong so I, I don't think that's an issue and of course Glenn Johnson being injured was a big blow for us because mm. I'm sure that he would not have wanted to have played John Flanagan and it's a question of once that happened at the 11th hour if you like what decision does he have to make I think what it actually shows is that our squad isn't strong enough mm. as I've always said if you can keep our best 11 fit we would have a chance but the chance of keeping your best 11 fit and playing well for the whole season is, is remote mm. so once we then lose a few players in key positions or in any positions do we have anything underneath to come in to maintain that championship push if you like and there's one whereby not John's fault but what other option did he really have our squad still isn't good enough yes Coutinho coming back can add to that but apart from Coutinho and obviously Daniel Agger for one of the other centre-backs but apart from that can we say that we've got a, a squad of maybe if you look at Tottenham's squad the bench you look at uh, Manchester City's Chelsea's Manchester United's even Arsenal's bench do we have a bench like that to, to really help us so yeah we still we still are a bit short from a squad perspective yeah there's no depth there at all John. absolutely not and uh, thankfully Coutinho did play come on and uh, immediately showed that you know he, he's different class isn't he he's a wonderful little player and you know I mean sometimes if a player's been out injured for weeks and you know he comes on and huffs and puffs about because you know quite up to speed with the game, but he seemed to come on and just settle in, and and all of a sudden you say, "That's just what we're missing." Yeah. You know, we're missing the little quality balls getting played through. Well, he's um, 
you know the number 10 position is a very specialised position and we're getting used to it now in, not, I'm not saying we're getting used to it in England because we've had number 10s in England for a while but all the number 10s like Zola and people like that have been foreign players we don't get many good English number 10s who understands that role um, and if you look at Coutinho even when he may not have been playing at Inter Milan you can see he understands how to play that role behind either the front one or behind the front two and I think that he has been missing or that type of player has been missing because I don't think it has worked when we've played Victor Moses in that position and the problem you have is when we have three similar players, Victor Moses, Suarez and, and, and Sturridge, are all dribblers. They all want to get the ball and they all spend a lot of time on the ball, they all dribble. That The fluency and, and the balance isn't right. Whereas him coming back in to play behind those two, Suarez and Sturridge for me, fills me with excitement because he knows when to play one touch, he knows when to turn on the half turn and look to play them in rather than dribbling. He knows when to dribble, takes up great positions in between the midfield and the back four. So from that perspective, I'm very, very happy. But still, defensively and midfield-wise, we still need to improve. See, midfield, John, you, you mentioned it there, and, and I do think that that is the hub of the team. Your, your midfield, that's your strength. That's your, you're looking for your creative players. You're looking for people who break down the opposition attacks from midfield. Um, that's in front of your back players there. They do that. Now, we've got a couple of players there. Stephen played. Stephen was anonymous. I've never seen Stephen Gerrard as anonymous in my life in fact I'm looking at television thinking is he playing today you know because normally he's just played brilliantly and he's always in the game he wasn't uh, but I do think around him you know you've got you've got Lucas and Henderson and I do feel they have got to have more of an impact in games they, they were standing watching Arsenal knocking the ball around and I'm thinking well come on lads you know you've got to try and do something about this here they've got the ball we've got to go and get it yeah. uh, part of their job is to do that yeah. but they never they seem to be 10 yards off everybody and, and Arsenal must have the easiest game of the, of, of the season so far he's not popped it about and, uh, which was embarrassing for us <coughs> because we're better than that well you know I think, I think the problem is, is and you rightly say we need people who are going to win the ball but when you talk about the balance of the team, going to a back three, what that then does, if you're going to go to a back three and we'll use then Sturridge, Suarez and Moses, or Sturridge, Suarez and Coutinho, who are really going to be three attackers and three creative players, yeah. your wing backs then become your wide creative players. You've got three centre backs. So if you're then going to play with another creative midfield player, you're going to, you're going to get caught short. So when you play a 3-5-2, three, a three, if you like, or, or, or a 3-4-3, three, three, the two central midfield players have to be ball winners have to be ball winners because as he said you know we've got three strikers and then the other three in midfield can't get anywhere near because that's not really their game but I don't think Lucas has been the same since his injury in terms of getting around to win tackles now Steven can actually do that but I think that Steven still is caught in between what am I am I going to be still the type of player who wants to go forward and create or defend or am I going to do both which you can't do both in modern football anyway particularly when you get into Steven's age whereby if you're going to play a 3-4-3 three, three, particularly with those front three because in many respects if you get the two wide men say Glenn Johnson and Enrique you know are going to attack then you get three Suarez, Sturridge and Coutinho do you then need anybody else to attack whereas if you had two solid midfield players to protect the back three you can allow the other five to attack now Lucas once upon a time could do that but I think since his injury Jordan I don't think is necessarily a defensive midfield player lots of energy but he doesn't know that defensive role and Steven is kind of caught in between doing both so while the 3-4-3 three, three actually helps us in terms of our attacking play it doesn't suit everybody you know so it suits the back three and it suits the front three and it suits the wing back but I think <coughs> the midfield players from a defensive point of view we haven't got it right now we won't, not, we won't pay for that generally because generally speaking we're not going to play against a team like Arsenal who will dominate possession and then we can see our shortcomings because we got, if we play against other teams, we will still dominate possession and we won't get found out. 
So every now and again you play against Arsenal, and maybe Manchester City who will dominate possession, so therefore you may get found out. But 90% of the time, Liverpool, even with that team, will be fine, as we, as we have been. Mm-hmm. See, the, the, Stephen, you're quite right. Stephen, for me, was, was a lost soul. He, he, he was neither... <laughs> he didn't seem to know what his role was. Neither, I'm, I'm in front of my back four here, or am I going to be... be and, just behind my front two up here, yeah. and you know, and he, and he was always away from the game, mm. always. And I thought we've really got to do something about that. Well, that is where, as I said, you know, and, and, and that's why I'm, when I said I'm excited about the front three, if you like, with Coutinho coming back in, mm. and if you're going to stay at a three, five, three, four, three, um, which is fine. <clears throat> what you need to do is to have two definitive midfield players who know their role. When the wing backs go to attack, that's two attackers, even at the same time. The front three, you know, are going to attack. You need two midfield players who are going to say, we're going to sit in front of the back four, sorry, the back three, and win tackles. And, and when, when we get the ball, we're, going to, we're not going to look to get one of us to break forward or go wide. Or, you know, so I think that we have to be more definitive in the way we play. But as I said, we got shown up against Arsenal, but we, won't get, we didn't get shown up against Newcastle and New other teams because they're not good enough to, to make us pay. But the higher we go, and if we're going to get back into Europe, we're really going to have to look at that. And a lot of English teams get caught out in Europe with that as well, as Manchester City have found. So I think that Brendan is, is, is doing okay. Coutinho coming back in is really going to help us. But I think the midfield two then are, are going to be the, the, the key. Yeah, I, I think come the, the, the window, you know, I think we, we, if we can spend some money at the window, fine. I think we should do that in that particular area, John. If not in the window, then certainly at the end of the season. And I would be looking for better midfield players, more mobile midfield players, people who, who can close the opposition down quickly, who can win the ball, who can give it to the to the good players and say, get on with it, there you are. That's not happening at the moment with no. us. And over the years, we, we've always had players that could do that. Yeah. You know, and, but, but, yeah, always, always, you know, Guys, you know, biters, if you like, yeah. uh, but you need them in the team. We, we, we can't afford not to have that. Mm. Particularly, I mean, if, if you want to go back to when we played, because we had Ian Rush, you had strikers who would actually work. In your day, you yeah. had strikers, yeah. you'd work back yeah. into midfield, tackle back. We're not really going to get anything defensive from Coutinho, Sturridge, or Suarez defensively when they lose the ball. You know, they'll get back into a position, but they're not going to work to win the ball back. So, if you had a striker who would work that way, if you had a Wayne Rooney, for example, then maybe you could have an extra midfield player because you know Wayne Rooney would track back and win tackles. Whereas you can't have three strikers who aren't going to really lend from a defensive um, perspective. The two wing backs were working up and down. Uh, that's five people who really, from a defensive position through the middle, are going to be out of the game and have two midfield players who aren't going to be strong defensive midfield players who are willing to work selflessly to try and win the ball back like a Mascarano yeah, for example yeah. yes, you know, yeah, so yeah. Um, I think that maybe the transfer window but more importantly for me I think end of the season Come because in, the transfer yeah. window is not the time the players you want may still be in the Champions League they're still good enough to be staying at their clubs at the end of the season yes if there's someone who pops yeah. up yes we can get him Missing out on Mkhitaryan, I think, was a, was a big loss for us because he looks good, you know, Dortmund, because he, 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 he looks a good player. But I think if Liverpool continue to do what they do, we are an attractive proposition once again. I mean, even if you don't win the league or even if we don't finish third or fourth, I think people can see that Liverpool are now moving in the right direction and, and will be willing to come to Liverpool. But we, we, I mean, I think it's imperative this year because we've had a great start and we're up there, we're in the mix, that's brilliant. But I think it's, it's so important that we do get one of those spots in Europe, John, because come the end of the season then, players at other clubs who would like a move, would like to come from Europe to, to come to the Premier League, mm. will be looking at coming to a team who, are, who have got everything to play for. Yeah. Now, if we're not in 
yeah. among the big boys in, in Europe. They're, they're not going to come as much as you can say, well, but Liverpool are Liverpool. Yeah, yeah fine, but I yeah. mean, I want to play in the Champions absolutely. League. Absolutely, but then if you look at the other clubs, you know, you talk about Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea, yeah. Arsenal, and Tottenham. Yeah. Okay, we leave Tottenham out of the equation because yes, they want to get into the f- and they spent a lot of money. However, historically, traditionally, but can the other four, Man City, Man United, Arsenal, and Chelsea, say, well, we can afford to finish out the top four? So as much as yes, that's what we want. There are other teams who have got a b- bigger squads than us, more money than us, who also feel the same way. So yes, it's imperative for us to do that, yeah. but it's also imperative for those clubs as well. I know, I know. I mean, it's, uh, that's why. It- I got excited. I'm excited about the position that we are in in the league because mm. this is we've not been here for a while. Yeah. And and you think now, don't do anything rash. <laughs> don't. But we we did it by throwing no throwing points away, but losing points uh, away from home. But we we can get them claw them back. Yeah, we can. We can. We can but you know, saying you've been around long enough, and, and we have you know, to, to to have seen the way seasons go, and really, decisions are made March and April. March yeah. and April no matter what happens I remember in my later years at Liverpool in the 90s when coming up to Christmas we're still up with a shout of beating up with Manchester United and Arsenal we're two points off them we might even be top but I always felt come March and April for whatever reason Easter program Man United yeah. Yeah. will pull away from whatever reason from a discipline point of view from a strength point of view from an attitude point of view so yes here we are in October doing really well but we can then see that players will then get tired as the season goes on you'll pick up a few knocks so come March and April that's when the squad really has to be utilised and that's where you look at the squad of other teams and know this Eric Lamella who's a fantastic player we've not even seen at Tottenham yet we've got him to come back in are our players going to be burnt out because they're playing regularly so yeah I'm excited about where we are now but I know that we will need a bigger squad as, as, as time goes on and have we got that big enough squad now so maybe January is a time as you say I'm not a big fan of buying in January but maybe we have to say listen we may even have to maybe spend money more money if you like in terms of maybe even overpaying for a player because we need him for that final push you know the other week we were talking John uh, midfield players and uh, Alonso's name popped up now Alonso is out of contract at the end of the season now uh, he's back playing again uh, Mm. looking as good as ever knocking up all around wouldn't he be brilliant we could bring him back absolutely but Real Madrid will still be in the Champions League (laughs) in February so he's not going to come in January so end of the season him coming back would be fantastic but to expect him to come in January uh, they've already qualified haven't they Real Madrid (laughs) I think no I think there's no they haven't qualified yet I don't think well let's fingers crossed they'll lose the next two matches then but what I'm saying is that he's one who you'd have back in a heartbeat but in January that's probably not going to be the case well I mean we're looking at quality of player Mm. if you like so that's why our owners have got to be thinking along those lines that you know we're looking for guys who can really play mm. top players that will, will come and, and bolster our team you know really add something to it no point going away and, and spending you know s- small money if you like yeah. thinking that we're going to patch the team up with that it won't well, happen we've got to get the stars that's what we've done in the past and when you buy so many players for three and four and five million you end up spending 60 million <laughs> with yeah. a lot of players so yeah. it's not as if we've not been spending money but we really haven't been improving the squad so you're yeah. right in what you say forget about pity patting with five million pound players and getting six of them you know what I mean which aren't going to improve what we have if you have to then go and spend 60 million on two players then that's what we have to do because we need players we have enough squad players look at the squad now we have enough squad players we need players who are going to come into the team and say you yeah. are like an Alonso yeah. or somebody like that you're coming into the team to be a mainstay yeah, to bolster to the team and, uh, I mean the two lads up the front Suarez and Sturridge have done a great job I mean I think they've well certainly surpassed everything that 
that people were expecting. You know, that we didn't know if there would be a, a good partnership together, but they have. They are a good partnership, you know, and uh, and they're working well. Is there anything about the game, looking at both of them, John, that you would say, well, can they improve, and how could they improve? I mean, you could always improve, but looking at Suarez, I don't think you're going to turn Suarez into a different type of a player. No. Um, Suarez is at his stage now, whereby what you see is what you get with him. So yes, he, his ball retention can improve because Suarez is an interesting player. Because if you look at, at world-class superstar players and you analyse the amount of times they give the ball away, Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, players like that, they'll probably be up to 80% of the time they retain possession. Whereas I'd be, I'd be surprised if Suarez doesn't give the ball away 50% of the time because he tries so many impossible things that sometimes yeah. it comes off and it's a great goal. Yeah. But every time he gets it, he tries so many difficult yeah. things. So, so, and he's not going to change. Now with storage because he's still learning, he's still growing, I think that his ball retention and his ability to play one and two touch because he's so comfortable on the ball that there are times he has so many touches. Yeah. And what that does is that really he doesn't really apart from maybe creating for Suarez he doesn't bring midfield players into play he doesn't create for midfield players and that's why our midfield players aren't going to score goals Suarez and Sturridge will score goals but our midfield players aren't because once those two get the ball they're either going to score themselves or create for each other that is why Coutinho coming back in he is the one who you can see will create for those two so yes as to whether they can improve yes their ball retention can be better um, their willingness to, to, to work hard for the team because on the counter attack we're very good mm. we're very good yeah. but they're going to be games like the Arsenal game when they're going to demand more from both of them defensively to work to help the midfield but when the midfield is getting outnumbered that's when you need maybe one or two strikers to drop back in to help them but to be honest with you I don't think looking at those two players that that is going to be their game ever but we can, we can, we can compensate for that by getting harder working midfield players whereby you don't need them to do it what disappointed me John with the Arsenal game was the fact that you know Arsenal have played a lot more games than us I think they, it was their 16th game it was, it was only our 10th because we've no European football and we weren't in the Carling Cup so we'd a rest before the game if you like the week before it and yet and one of the criticisms from fans because I've, I spoke to fans on the, on the radio and they were saying that we looked sluggish we looked tired we looked jaded and now I know from one experience that I've played in games where I have felt that and the team have certainly you know there have been games where everybody's off the pace but there's there's reasons for it and, and another time it was that we were doing too much training so we left it you know the, the athletes talk about leaving it on the track mm. and I think maybe because Brendan had all this week with no game mm. how are we going to fill the time yeah not give the boys a day off and say, hey, lads, you know, you know, Relax. rest yeah. and whatever. Which, again, we, we've, Bill Shankly, through trial and error, decided that that was a great idea, rest. Yeah. Not an extra day's training. Mm. Not flogged them. Not, and we, we <coughs> were doing that. And yeah. we like playing two games a week because if you played two games a week, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, it was great, less yeah. training, and, and everybody felt great about it. And usually at the end of the season, we're up there among the trophy winners. I'm just wondering if maybe in the in that week before the Arsenal game, the manager was trying to cram in 
too much stuff. You know, yeah. it was a good week to yeah. get everybody going and do this, do that, and do that. Maybe he did too much. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what they actually did in training, but I think a lot of it goes to show, like, for example, with Arsenal, Cazola hasn't played. Play like Cazola. They can afford to leave out. He comes in, he's fresh. Arteta has now come back in, he's fresh. You have quality players coming yeah. back in because Arsenal's squad is so big yeah. that although they've played 16 games, they have a squad big enough to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, as much as apart from Suarez, um, I think that a lot of our players have played uh, uh, all, you know, the all the games yeah. and, and, and played for the... So, and it's always difficult chasing the ball. You know? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Say you look sluggish, particularly if you're a team and your team is set up to have possession all the time. That's the way Liverpool play. We are set up to have possession. We're not set up to chase the ball yeah. in terms of the attitude and the character of the players. So if you're playing in a game whereby you're not having a lot of possession and you haven't got the characters in the team who are set up to play that type of football, you then will look sluggish. And once again, I think it just emphasizes the fact that, and if you're talking about us looking sluggish now in October, what are we going to look like with the same group of players without having a strong enough squad come March or April? You know, so that is why I'm saying to everyone, yeah. just let's calm down and think how, where we can actually go. And don't get too disappointed if all of a sudden we really don't maintain this form because... If you can look at, all you can ask the manager to do is maximise the potential of the team. And I think he's maximising the potential of this team right. with what he has, the squad he has. Right. And, you know, as time goes on, we'll improve and we'll get better if we can bring people in. But let's not go from euphoria now to complete despair yeah. in the next three, four months if we don't continue to do this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not going to say that I expected that performance. But, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic that we can do well. But, you know, if we don't maintain this this I don't expect us to drop down to seventh or eighth, don't get me wrong, but if you don't maintain this, I will still be optimistic for the future. So three points against Fulham this weekend. That that John is so important. I don't we we cannot be thrown away points, games like Fulham. No disrespecting them, but you know, we should be beating them. Absolutely. And I think that we will. And I think that if you look at um you know and, and it's strange because you, you, you can't please people all the time and you know people are talking about losing to Arsenal shows that you know we're not ready for the top because you know we, we, we lost to Arsenal Liverpool's problem in the past and although yes we didn't beat Southampton has been that we've, we haven't beaten those teams whereas this year we are we beat yeah. West Brom and, and that's what we need to do those are the teams you need to beat you need to yeah. beat the teams that you actually should down, yeah. so it's okay saying that you know okay um, we didn't beat Arsenal so therefore you know we aren't where we thought we should be however in the past yes maybe we would have done well against Arsenal Man United but lost to the, so, the, the lesser teams and you have to you have to maximise the potential and, and maximise the potential means that you should beat Fulham you should be beating the teams below you and if you can pick up points as we did against Manchester United then you've got a chance so I'm, I'm not too disappointed I'm disappointed with the performance and the result obviously but uh, I'm, I'm not getting carried away with that because I'm sure we'll beat Fulham Right. Okay. Well, we do think Coutinho will play. No, no, no. They said a, 
uh, you know, half an hour under his belt, he will certainly be starting. And Agar, there's a lot of fans are, are, are looking at that, John, and thinking, well, Daniel Agar is a top player. And he's out the team when there's two lads that they've signed, Suzuko and Sako, and they don't look anywhere near as good as Daniel Agar. And Daniel Agar's comfortable with a ball and coming out. If you play to eat the back, he can, he can get the ball, keep a hold of it, retain it, find people with it. And, and he's, he's a class player. Now, surely... I would think this weekend he will play, yeah? Well, I would think that I would think he would play, um, but very much um, until the Arsenal game, we're doing okay. And while we have our opinion as to who's good or who's not, we weren't conceding goals and we didn't look particularly threatened, mainly because of the opposite we were playing against. And I think that Brendan Rodgers is a believer in, you know, if you're doing well and they were doing okay because we weren't conceding goals, that you stay in the team, you know, um, which is right. Now, if you needed an excuse to bring Daniel Lager back, because yeah. had they beaten Arsenal 2-0 or 1-0, yeah probably wouldn't have brought him back probably even knowing that he's better than what he has but then to take that decision you know it's like yourself you know you're in a winning team you're playing oh, well keep a winning team yeah. and then and then you change it for what reason and the players get upset whereas now players can't complain if Daniel Aga comes back so not that it's a blessing in disguise because you didn't want to lose yeah. against Arsenal but if ever you know there's a time now to then make a decision in bringing probably your best defender back in this is the right time to do it it will be interesting uh, against Fulham if Brendan decides to stick with the three centre-backs John and uh, you know, it, it does give us more options up the front filling of it, but it would appear that if you and start something to the Arsenal game anyway, we we're getting more chances, we're getting more of the ball up there, having the three at the back. But the problem for me with, with the three at the back, you you're pushing in your, your two full backs are going to be wide players. Now in your day, the wide players were wingers. You're on the left, somebody else is on the right, ball goes out, you play like a winger, you take people on, you dribble, get the byline, cross it, cut it back. That was what wingers did. Mm. Now we've got two guys who are fullbacks, who are defensive players, mm. who, who couldn't, you know, dribble past you. They just, they're not like that. They, they might be able to run, but they're not, they're not creators, no dribblers. And I think with the present setup, it, it's asking too much of these lads to be doing something I don't think they're capable of doing mm. well I think first of all you have to look at the personnel Glenn Johnson can do that and Glenn didn't play so, so John Flanagan yeah. so that's where the system was showed up because John Flanagan's not going to do that and Sissoko isn't necessarily going to do that he plays in a flat back four I think Enrique can and I know that Glenn Johnson can so with that system with those players so is it a question of you, do you pick the system to suit the players or you pick the players first and then you fit them into a system now I think that that's where the system got showed up against Arsenal whereby the two fullbacks what you want from them and you probably would have got from Enrique or and Glenn Johnson which would then mean that the three strikers if you like the two would then have much more room um, would have been fine so as to can you play that against top teams? It really depends on who you're playing against. Because if you're playing against a top team, but that top team, for example, maybe Chelsea, who aren't like Arsenal, or who are going to dominate possession. They're much more direct. I think it'll be fine against Chelsea, but against a team who's going to have more possession than you, then it probably doesn't work. But how many teams in England are there? Because if you look at the, st the stats about every time Liverpool play, the percentage of possession they have, and over 90% of the teams, they dominate that possession. So therefore, that system will be fine. The biggest part of that also is the centre-backs because, as you say, if the full-backs are going to push on, you don't want your full-backs to drop back to make a back five because then your midfield gets outnumbered, as they do anyway. So you need your wide centre-backs to be comfortable going into the left-back position, being pulled out wide. And I think the problem we had when we did it, as much as it worked well at times when we had Razor, Righty 
and the other centre-back, maybe Babsy, was that because Razor wasn't necessarily comfortable getting into a left-back position, he's a big centre-back, that the three centre-backs stay narrow to protect themselves and leave gaps out wide. But I think with any of the three that we have, Toure, um, Aga, Skirtle, they're mobile enough to spread out to make it a three. So I don't think the system is necessarily a problem, even if we play against the big teams. It may be a problem against Arsenal or against Barcelona, a team who's going to have more possession than you. Manchester but it, City. Manchester yeah, City, yeah. possibly. Yeah. But I think if you get the personnel right, because Glenn Johnson, we wanted to play like a right wing, and he does that anyway in a back four. He would be, have more license in a back three, knowing he hasn't got to chase all the way back because Toure will come and cover him. So I think I like that system, and it, and, it, and it can work. And because it was disastrous against Arsenal, if you want to call it a disaster, we, we then can't all of a sudden then say, oh, it, because before we were saying what a great system it was and how it suited us. So one game doesn't mean that it's wrong. Liverpool have been linked, John, with uh, Newcastle player Kabayi, Johan Kabayi. When I've seen him, he looks a, he looks a, a quality player class player um, is he the type of player you think you know come the end of the season we should be looking at well once again Kabai I think he's a very good player but he's a he's a midfield player he works hard he's an attacking midfield player he sits in, does he sit in front of, what does he do I think depending on how we play we have to start and that's why I like Brendan because I think that he has a vision and a philosophy of his formation and how he wants to play then he'll bring players in to suit that system just bringing in good players Kabai because Definitively, what is he? Is he an attacking midfield player, defensive midfield player? And if Brendan is going to hang his hat on a three-four-three system, whereby we're going to have the Coutinho's or the three strikers, the two wing backs, I think we need two hard-working midfield players. Who, yes, they're good on the ball. Don't get me wrong, but they don't have to be that creative. Of which Kabai is, he'll go forward. Or if he's not going to play that way, then bringing in a midfield player like Kabai will. So I think that Brendan has to decide how he wants to play and then bring players in to fit that. But I think in a three-four-three. I don't think Kabai being one of the two central midfield players. Because there are times he ends up on the right wing, like he goes forward and scores goals. And that is not what we need if he's going to play a 3-4-3. If it's going to be a 4-4-2 or 4-3-3 even, one of the three midfield players, yes, I think Kabai would be a good signing. There's a big storm in the the, the papers this this weekend about diving. Now, um, Ashley Young from Manchester United, who has got previous form in this with diving, uh, has done it again. Um, Now, you know, they're talking about retrospective uh, analysis on this and punishment. Uh, you know, if, if if you like, you have a, a committee who will look at a decision and, uh, that's been given or not given, d- depending on, on how the referee saw it, uh, and look at the Ashley Youngs of the world and, and decide, well, you know, this lad, you know, is a habitual diver. Uh, and they would then do something about it, give, you know, give him uh, a suspension or whatever. What do you think about that? Well, first of all, I think they created this problem anyway by changing the laws of the game to protect the so-called skillful players. When they started changing the laws to book players for things, players started to try and look to get players booked for tripping and dying and, and, and being... So, so now players have taken it too far and they're now saying, now we've got to stamp it out. Yeah. Um, it is going to be very difficult to implement because the only person... Unless it's a very obvious dive, and we know what an obvious dive is, the only person you really knows is the player. So are you going to challenge a decision? Because if you're actually pulled, no matter how light it is, they will say that yes he's been touched so he should go down or he's not been touched enough who decides how much so if an arm comes across you how can somebody looking at television decide whether it's enough for you to go down or not the intention and of course players then depending on your reputation Suarez could be one um, um, Ashley Ashley Young could be one so and and then maybe you're going to be judged unfairly based on your reputation so in terms of diving yes we all know what a dive is and there are times when a referee can say it's not a dive get up and we're going to book you but then 
to then say we're going to ban you for three unless it's unless it's completely obvious that you've dived. And with Ashley Young's one, yes, I think he's dived. I know he's yeah. dived. But if you look, the man has touched him. He has touched him. And they always say, if your feeler touch, you go down. That's what they say. So who was telling you if your feeler touch to go down to begin with? Now you're saying if your feeler touch, you shouldn't go down. So I think it's just it's just such a grey area. And what we're doing is we're looking at very obvious situations. But as far as the obvious situations goes, there are going to be so many cases which aren't obvious and is just arbitrarily decided by somebody on a video then is going to say, well, it's a dive or it's not a dive. Do we really know? It's, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult See, one. we were always told, stay on your feet. That was, a, you know, our boss would always say, stay on your feet. And, and if you think about it, if somebody pushes you, pulls you or whatever, but you manage to stay on your feet, you're more likely to get the ball, you're more likely to get a goal out of it. And, and I see incidents where I was watching the game last night the, and it, there was a player went down and immediately I'm, I said, he's not injured. He's not in, nothing wrong with him. Uh, and his team retained the ball. <laughs> well, he jumped up. He jumped up and ran, ran and got involved in the game again. Now, I said, well, why are you sitting down, Paul? You know, why did you fall down? Why are you trying to cheat, get a foul out of it for, you know, play the game? But unfortunately, on the other hand, you saw Everton against Tottenham. Now, Seamus Coleman came across on his left foot. He actually got touched and he went down but got back up straight away. So he didn't actually dive, got a shot in and didn't score. And people said if he had gone down, it would have been a penalty. And it would have been a penalty. Yeah. It would have been a penalty. I don't know if you remember the incident. And because Seamus Coleman actually tried to stay on his feet, yeah. he got nothing from it. Now, his manager's going to say, listen, son, you should have gone down. So, so in a split in a yeah. split second, you have to make that decision yep, yes. as to do I go down or don't I go down. And unfortunately, players these days say I'm going to go down. So Coleman was honest. Coleman was honest. Now, had he, he, lost, had he lost three points. Well, had he banged the ball in the net, John, had he banged the ball in the net, it would... Everyone would be saying that was terrific, that and you know, honesty pays off, you know, rather than I'll go down, okay, if I only. But you want the glory, you want, no, you know you want to score, you've got the ball, defenders fouling you, but you, you think, I've got half a yard on it, I'm going to get a shot, and okay, but you say, When you say honest, he, get, he got kicked. So he was within his rights to go oh, down. Yes, I know he's so he right. wasn't. He wouldn't, have, he wouldn't have been cheating had he gone down. The problem he has is that he doesn't know how to go down. Uh -huh. That's the thing, and I think that with the European players, they know how to go down, whereas he doesn't. So you know, unless it's going to be the problem that we have a lot with our the British players is that unless you get a real clump, you really don't know how to go down to make it look. And we saw Pires in the old days leaving his leg and diving, which obviously you can say that's cheating. But there's so many grey areas as to yes, he's touched me. Now can I go down without it looking like I'm diving? So those grey areas are the ones that are going to cause all the problems. Well, uh, there, there's some. There, we had Francis Lee uh, in our time. Francis Lee could trip himself up running, and he was fantastic at it. You know, he'd run into the box and he'd trip himself up. Yeah. And you go, how did, how did that happen? And the referees are kidded by it, and they used to get so many penalties. Mm. But today, I mean, John, you were a dribbler. You were a dribbler. Now, go on then. You've got it. You're taking this guy on. You want to get into the box here. Did you ever at any stage go... I'm, I'm going to try a dive here. No, because that wasn't that wasn't the culture that I was That's brought right. up in. Right. Whereas this is now the culture we live in. So Should we try to eradicate this culture? We brought it on in the first place by then bringing in this whole system about we've got to protect skillful players. If anybody's going to touch you, you go down and get a penalty because we're going to protect you. Then when they're protect, well, not protecting themselves, now they're cheating, if you want to call it cheating. We're then saying, let's go back to the old way. Why did we change it to begin with? Like the offside law, we don't yeah. understand it. Why did we change it? It didn't need to be changed. Football didn't need to be changed. And we've created so many problems by changing these laws. And now they're then trying to go back to then say, let's now eradicate it. And is it gone too far now for us to then get it back? I think I, it has. I think the managers, David Moyes is, is one who's pretty strong on this. I think the managers should say to the players, look, 
if you can stay in your feet, stay in your feet. Don't be, don't be diving. Don't be looking for it. Don't you know? And and try to bring an honesty within his own team. And I think the manager is very important. In this. Very few managers will do that. I mean, managers now, and I know. I know they say if you get a touch you go down never mind what they may say publicly <laughs> privately you get a touch listen Ashley uh, Young Ashley Young played for Watford as a kid yeah. Yeah? and Ashley Young was brought up you know maybe he's 13 now whatever he is and when he started playing this is not in Ashley's young, Ashley Young's makeup or many of the English players it's not in their makeup yeah. but as they got older and they work with foreign coaches and foreign players and managers they then told listen this is what you do so now they're doing what they have been told to do and what they've been taught to do now we're going to punish them for it what about the incident with Lukaku, who, who went for the ball, I thought genuinely went for the ball with the goalkeeper, Loris of, uh, of Tottenham, came out, and it was a, a genuine clash, George, which, you know, as a forward, you, you've been involved in these things, you're going for the ball, keeper comes out, bang, and he get, gets a knee, I think it was his knee that yeah. caught him, right? Now, the last thing you would want to do is knee somebody in the head, because you can do your knee, because especially with goalkeepers, they've got some hard nuts on them, haven't they? So, you know, for somebody to try and do that intentionally, you wouldn't do that. No. It was an accident. Villa Boas, and the, full of the papers are full of it, is talking about, like, Lukaku should have jumped over him, Lukaku injured his player, and then he decides that, and the medical team had said, this boy's got concussion here, he overrules him. Right. The manager overrules the medical staff, and then because there's such a furore about it, he's backtracking and saying, "Oh, hang a minute, you know, it's all you guys," and blaming everybody else, Bl- blaming medical people, who are saying this lad should have been off. He had concussion, should have been taken off. Now, he should be brought to book Villa Boas. Well, Villa, Villa Sports is actually saying that his medical team said it was okay for him to go back on. They That's didn't, John. I'm just telling you what Villa Sports is saying. Right, I know, but yeah. he, he changed his mind. Well, he changed I mean, his mind because he knew well, he was wrong. You, well, Saint, when you played, you got concussion and you yes. had a bit of a headache. You're coming off. What would Shang say to you? Get back on that bloody pitch. I'm going to, I'll tell you a story about it. I'll tell <laughs> Get you. back on that bloody pitch. So, and, and, then you, and, and Villa Sports is right in the one sense that there are a lot of people now looking to get publicity for themselves who are now coming out of the woodwork for publicity for themselves. People from the medical association, they're not, they're not interested in it. They're not interested. They're interested in self-promotion, which is fine. Now, we see that every single, how, very much like the diving. Yeah? What is a dive? What's not a dive? What is concussion? What is not concussion? Yes, if you're completely out, we understand that. But you're going to have so many incidents whereby there's a clash of heads all the time and you kind of like, oh, and then you get back up and maybe you've had concussion for 10 seconds, 5 seconds, we don't know how long. Then do you come off or do you stay on? If you have people coming off for, for, for head clashes and who then decides and how can a medical team, regardless of how good you are from a medical perspective, people clash heads and you may have lost consciousness for 3 seconds or 5 seconds, look at them and take the decision that, Yes, you have to come off or not. When the player's going, no, I'm fine. You know, so once again, I have empathy with him. And yes, in a situation like that, but you know what it's like. And the player is adamant. He's fine. He doesn't want to come off. No, he said he didn't know where he was. Who was saying that? The goalkeeper. No, 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 no. But no, but he, he, he obviously didn't want to come off. He was no, saying, I'm no. coming back on. Of course. I mean, yeah. goalkeeper, I mean goalkeepers are daft. Yeah, I know that anyway. But everybody, I mean, I've got to tell you my own particular story a couple of times. Uh, I mean, Bob Paisley was a trainer. Now, 50 years ago, People didn't have the knowledge that they have now, mm. and and I've got to say that I think today they're quite right in in the sense that brain damage is you know it's a, hor- a horrible thing, and you know we, they've been very very careful with, with head bangs, uh, and you're not allowed to play within a certain time after that. Mm. Uh, so they're, they're very careful about it. In our day, they came out with a sponge, bosh you in the back of the neck with a sponge, and that was it, and you were okay. Now I remember wandering around the Anfield in a game. In a fog, 
Yeah. I couldn't see, and then the fog would lift, and I would see some players, and I go, oh, there's a game here, you know, and then the fog come down again, and, and I just wandered around. Mm. And, and after the game, thankfully my wife was at the game to drive, and I wouldn't be able to drive home. Now, I should have been down to the hospital. Yeah. Without a doubt, I should have gone down there. Uh, I'm not, not because nobody, nobody, well, just medicine wasn't advanced, and, and Bob yeah. wasn't trained physio really. You know, he was just an ex-player learning, learning his trade, if you like. And then we're playing this day down at Northampton. Would you believe Northampton got in the first division? They kicked their way into the first division and tried to kick their way, but they get relegated right away. But we're playing down there, middle of the winter, muddy pitch. This guy, big boy called John Carolla, good name this one. And he, I'm going to head the ball from a standing position. I'm heading it. And he came up with his boot and got me right on the side of my head. Bang. Cut him off. So I'm knocked out. I waking up. I'm on the table getting stitched up. Little, I'm a little Asian doctor stitching me up. And Bob's there. And then they put a big plaster on it. And uh, Bob says, right, go off the table. I get me off the table. And he walked me around the table about three times and he went, yeah, you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, I don't want to go back out there. You know, it takes me out and put me back on. Yeah. And it should never have, yeah. should never have happened. But think, for every, so if you look at Lawrence's situation, fine, and maybe your situation, fine, but there are varying degrees of concussion. For example, we've seen it before, a player's take a free kick and a player bends down, hits him in the head and he goes down holding his head. Or players go for a challenge <laughs> and you get an elbow, maybe you yeah. don't, and you go down holding your head. Do you then have to come off? You'll have five and six players coming off every game. So, obviously, if it's a black and white situation, Loris, you can yeah. say yes, but I have sympathy with, with, with people who say you cannot make a definitive judgment or saying that once that happens, you have to come off. Because how often do players go down holding their heads for many different reasons? Now, who can then decide whether that player may have lost consciousness for a second, five seconds? We don't really know. The concussion may or may not be there. And no one knows... How much damage can be done? If it's a very obvious one whereby he's been bashed and he's unconscious for five minutes, or even maybe Loris. But once you then say, when you have concussion, the referee and players and, and managers will always be saying, right, he's got a bit of a bang on his head, he has to come off. Who then, as I said, the obvious ones are, are but they're 99% of the times aren't obvious whether it's concussion or not. And people are going to be saying, oh, ref, he's had, a, he's, 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 he's had a clash of heads, he's got an elbow. He has to then come off the field. No, I, th I think, John, there's degrees of... of uh how, how violent the knock is, and, and yeah. if, if you are knocked down and if you're knocked out, you know, I mean, the, the, this guy was knocked out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe, yeah, this, is a very, maybe this is a very obvious case. Yeah. But if you then make a decision that, because you know, particularly in this day and age in the last 10 years, you see players going down holding their heads when nothing's come near them. Oh, I know, I know. So then, in fact, you know what you do? You know what we do? If you say you have to come off, let's stop doing it. I know. <laughs> you I know. You have to say, concussion. <laughs> what do you mean concussion? I just broke my fingernail. But you're holding your head. Get off the field. Yeah. Maybe they should yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah. They're, the one, they're the ones that I'll be, be after. The ones who, who fall down and then they're always looking for blood, aren't they? They're always looking around the face for blood. There's no blood because nobody touched your face. <laughs> you know. So, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So then are you going to call for them to be substituted because they're holding their head? It is such, it's so, so obviously the lorry situation, yes. He should have been taken off, like maybe Petr Cech. But once you then set a precedent by saying any incident whereby there's going to be a head knock, you have to come off the field, you're going to end up with eight and nine aside. Yeah. And so the old gag comes in there, doesn't it? You know, Bob. Bob comes on, and you eventually gets you to your feet and, go, and you know, they ask you a question. Say, "What's my name?" Say, if you don't know what chance have I got? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's finish, John, with the supporters coming on to Twitter, uh, asking a few questions. Now, 
Is investing millions the only way to win the Premier League? Richest teams win, would you say? Um, yes. You know, I, I came from a club, Watford, um, whereby you could you know, get good players, empower them, work with them tactically. And we finished second in the league to Liverpool, got to the quarterfinals of the UEFA Cup. We've seen Wimbledon do it. Those days are now gone because other teams would also try and whatever players they had work against you. However, what happens now if a team doesn't win, they don't try and improve that team that's going by the best players until they get it right. So it's always going to be difficult without very, very good players. I don't think you need the best players, but without very, very good players, it's going to be difficult. Had Watford got some money, Elton John as a chairman, you know, uh, maybe Elton needs to sing a few more songs here, but if Elton had put some more money in, would that have been the time for, for Watford to get a couple of class players and would have won the league? Graham Taylor would not have allowed him to do that because Graham Taylor always felt that the club should be able to stand on his own two feet rather than looking for a benefactor because if Elton for whatever reason decides that he's not now interested anymore would Watford have been able to afford that no and secondly Watford is a very small provincial club so they were only able to do that for a small period of time due to luck due to circumstance whereby you see some teams come up for four or five years it just happens to be that way to maintain that Small clubs can't do that. Small clubs cannot do that. So it wasn't right for Watford to do it then, and I don't think it's, it's right for teams to do that now. Okay. Uh, well, that was uh, uh, Peter Raven who came on to Twitter with that question. And John Kay in Montreal. Has Steven Gerrard gone off the boil? Steven Gerrard hasn't gone off the boil. What's happened to Steven Gerrard has happened to you, me, and all players. When we get older and we've been around for a long period of time, we don't have the same power that we once had, which is obvious. You know, you can look at Frank Lampard, you can look at players when they're coming into the age that Stephen is, particularly having played so much football from a young age, <coughs> he's, getting, he's getting on. And he doesn't have the power to do what he once did, which is understandable. So he's not, it's just, that's, just, that's just natural. That's just, yeah. you know, evolution. Uh, but he still has a, a, a purpose to serve and he still is one of our most influential players. Yeah. Uh, uh, we all go through that stage and you see the game and the game looks easy but you just can't run around <laughs> <You> can't. <laughs> it's terrible isn't it you know you, the game becomes easier and you and you can see it and you know you what see the doing. moves and you, yeah. you but you just can't get from A to B yeah. quick it's enough it's different yeah. to anybody else it'll happen to everybody yes of course now here, here's one uh, from Singapore John uh, this is from Natalie what has happened to Raheem Sterling well I, I've said about Raheem Sterling from a, a you know, I think that he, he wasn't handled right. I'm not even going to say by Liverpool, by, by everyone. When Raheem had seven or eight good games, he was then catapulted into the England setup. His agent then wanted more money. And, and, and for a young boy, for so much to hand to him a short space of time who hasn't learned his trade, hasn't learned the game, still needs a lot of improving to do. If we empower and praise our players so much at a young age when they really, A, haven't achieved anything, but B, has a lot to improve, maybe he then says to himself, well, what I'm doing is fine. I'm in the England squad. Do I have to improve? And if you look at Raheem, his, his final livery have never been the best. Now, maybe if, if he didn't get in the England squad, he may think I have to work on that. If he didn't get his, how much money's on, maybe I have to work on that. By so much being given to him, maybe he feels that, well, I don't have to improve. I'm in the England squad. I'm getting all this money, so I'm fine. Whereas, you know, the hunger and the desire has to be there. And it doesn't have to come from the fact that you get paid a lot of money. Because I always believe that no matter how much money you pay Wayne Rooney when he's an 18-year-old, he will still give 100% and look to improve. So I don't think that, you know, the people around him handled him well. Because you can see that is Raheem Sterling any better now, a year later, than when he made his debut? 
and why isn't that the case so Raheem still has a lot of potential he's still only young so he can learn but I think that he has to decide for himself that he needs to work harder on certain parts of his game and I think we are quite guilty in saying Raheem you're fantastic you're brilliant you can beat players so therefore you're okay we have a lot to do with and we do that to a lot of, we're doing it to Andrew Stowns and now at Tottenham you know we do that to a lot of our young English players praise them to the hilt before they've actually either achieved anything or before they've shown a level of consistency and with consistency you need the experience of, of playing for three or four years Right, Andrew Nice, as N I C E, would you how do you pronounce that? Nice, nice says, "Can we have a birthday rap from John Barnes?" Well, I think now that I'm 50, I have to give up <laughs> rapping, and maybe you can rap for me. So you should send some rapping in. A 50-year-old can't rap. When I was 49, I was young, I was down with the kids. Now I'm 50, no more rapping now. <laughs> oh. Oh well, the, the rap was coming from me, John. I will rap. And, uh, I'll wrap the program program for today. Thank you very much for uh, for joining us. So from uh, John Barnes, myself, Ancient John. Goodbye. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly thirty years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.